Hello, and welcome to KMM's Mobility Matters podcast. I am your host, Arlene Holt, and I am here with my co-host, Bill Neary. Hi, Bill. Hi, how are you doing, Arlene? Today, we are joined by New Jersey Transit President and CEO, Kevin Corbett. Welcome to our podcast, Kevin, and thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, th- thank you, Arlene and Bill. As always, great to be with you. For our listeners who aren't familiar with you, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and how long you have been with New Jersey Transit? Well, yeah, it's uh, coming up on five years now. You know, I came in with uh, Governor Murphy, and uh, it uh, some people with a joke has been uh, almost uh, five dog years. Yeah, if you would, <laughs> remember what uh, we came into five years ago. Uh, you know, I think we've made tremendous progress, and uh, enjoy uh, looking forward for uh, more to come. For those who don't know, beforehand, I was uh, working for a large engineering construction firm, and I've spent my whole life in transportation, both domestic and uh, international a busy five years, especially with COVID. So I'm sure <laughs> it's been, um, you know, a lot going on over at Transit. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, you look when we came in, it's hard for some of you may remember when we were canceling trains all over, we had no one would even take a bet that would be able to get positive train control uh, done by the physical installation by the deadline of uh, December uh, 2018. We had come in February and much less the full operation of it by uh, December 2020. And then the pandemic came in you know, in uh, the spring of 2020. Uh, so you look at all the challenges, but it just uh, to me, you know, given the right resources and be able to put the, the, the right group of people together, you know, we had a lot of uh, people who were really excellent people had been uh, not fully appreciated here. And then we brought in a, a lot of new talent. And I think, you know, with the patience of the governor and the legislature and our writers, most importantly, by and large, uh, we see it in our customer uh, satisfaction statistics, which are you know, really generally independently uh, done in a large segment of our writers. And they don't hold back. Customer satisfaction is up significantly. So I think uh, well, that was one of your first yeah. projects, actually, is to evaluate uh, and get some surveys done and talk to your ridership, which I thought was a different way of looking at things. You're looking at from the point of view of them. And I think that really gave you a lot of information, a lot of feedback. So you do these type of improvements are really, really magnificent. No, thanks. Uh, you know, it's uh, kudos to uh, the governor for that. He was always when he's not afraid to text and he'll take the train and he was. You know, uh, I tend to be organizational, big on capital plans, creating them, implementing them, et cetera. And sometimes you can lose all of that uh, customer service focus. And he was always very quick to text me to make sure that, uh, you know, even we're doing good things, make sure the customers know that we've been, uh, I think we've made a lot of improvements in that regard as well. The positive, you know, the the train tracks uh, for safety is always important. And the upgrades that you're doing on different uh, infrastructure parts. I know you're working on the the bridges and some of the tunnels now, especially the the portal bridge. We've got that moving ahead, something that took years going ahead, and Hudson Tunnel Project and the Raritan River Bridge. All three are really major projects that's going to change the way trains drive through New Jersey. Oh, absolutely. Make people's commute much more reliable than, you know, uh, what we've had to suffer through for decades. Which is perfect. That's great. And you managed to keep the fares reasonable. I mean, you really, it's been a real challenge. I, I congratulate you for the type of work. And like you said, it's been a team that's really put together some really emphasis on transit, which is something New Jersey lacked for several years. Again, credit to the governor legislature that they gave us the financial resources not to raise fares. We're a business and we have to balance our books at the end of the year. And then also with the pandemic, we were extremely fortunate. It was very scary in the beginning, looking at you know, ridership in the single digit. And then to uh, have uh, Congress and the White House come through with the resources so we could keep running a, a service, particularly when we're really at the lowest point. You know, I'm a big believer in running full service or close to full service so that people get we can count on you being there when they need you. 
And, you know, for the agencies, I think uh, coming out of the pandemic, for the agencies that really cut their service significantly, it was difficult for them to get the ridership back, but people brought other habits. Whereas for those who wanted to come back when they felt comfortable, come back, they did so. And we've, we're seeing that in our ridership numbers. And that creates problems for staffing also. I mean, that's one of the issues that you had to face directly with your staffing then. And if you had, couldn't keep your services running, you would have lost a lot of those people. No, absolutely. We worked, we worked so hard, as you know, we were able to get trained engineers. We were, you know, woefully short. We had stopped training. So we were, didn't have enough engineers uh, to run the train. So we were canceling trains and you know, providing very erratic and unpredictable service to our customers. So we finally got up to that full rank of 400 plus engineers. The last thing we'd want to be doing is looking at, uh, you know, having to furlough them and uh, after losing them to other railroads, a couple of really painful years to get up to that point where we could uh, comfortably provide full service, uh, including the service out to you know, the Meadowlands for, you know, all the special events, Army-Navy games, the Jets Giant games, concerts, uh, you know, we are, that's booming as well now, post-pandemic. So, uh, yeah, we wouldn't be able to do that if we had not had that funding to get us through that COVID period. Yeah, you have expanded service on just also uh, New Jersey Transit trains, but also the bus services. So that's really commendable. Yeah, no, thanks. And certainly with the buses, in addition to the service, one of the things uh, which was because we were given the, the resources to getting new rail cars or engine, you know, rail engines, those take four or five years uh, because of the what it takes to build them and acquire and uh, put them all together and test them, et cetera. But for buses, that we can do in a year plus. So, you know, we have a you know, significantly enhanced new fleet of uh, buses, particularly the articulated, the longer sort of accordion shaped buses that instead of holding 60 people, hold uh, 100 people. Very popular with our ridership. Uh, that also has helped us. Uh, not just provide more frequent service, but more comfortable, greater capacity for some of the very crowded routes, which right now uh, you go to Jersey City, Hoboken, you see it. I mean, we're, we're back to you know, pre-pandemic levels there. Excellent. Well, the other thing that, you know, KMN, we're also very big about uh, sustainability. And I know you're really moving in that direction. Uh, your pilot program with your electric vehicle buses is going to be uh, significant changes as we go through the future. I think that's a, a great project also. How, how, how did how did you get actually involved in making sure you can get this thing started? Because, is, and is it controversial? I don't know if anybody's complaining about it. Yeah, well, it is controversial in, in, in the sense that you're from the environmental community. I think everybody says, you know, we want to stop carbon. We want to have, you know, we don't want diesel buses or you know, natural gas buses. And the, the reality is, unfortunately, uh, why I, I understand their their desire and as a desire we all share to get there to have a a carbon neutral you know zero emission bus uh, standard the reality is it's not like if you have a new apartment building with uh, we have 2500 plus buses so it's not like if you're going out buying 2500 toasters at walmart and just plug them into the wall when you get back (laughs) to the building and people i think don't understand the the electric load of buses and we've seen uh, you know in the beginning people are saying oh we're moving too slowly but if you look at what we're doing in Camden, the pilot projects, uh, we had seen not being the first of the table was maybe a bit of an advantage uh, by accident. But when we came in, because some of the uh, transit agencies that for good reasons, really, you know, uh, well-intended reasons, wanted to have a uh, go all in on electric buses. Uh, what they found out is those bus- the buses weren't able to keep the range, the batteries uh, w- would not charge, or the heat was on, or air conditioning was on, or they went uphill. Those buses weren't able to do the route. And you saw that in Albuquerque, Indianapolis, uh, SEPTA, you know, uh, they have, and they're all good, good agencies. But on the bus side, they went in heavy, and then those buses are sitting in barrages somewhere or not able to keep anywhere near the route capacity they had. So 
That's why we looked at doing it in Camden and now expanding our next uh, two garages up in uh, Maplewood, which serves Newark, of course, a Newton uh, garage down in Camden that uh, we now have EV buses uh, out doing, uh, you know, on some of the easier routes to do good uh, geography there to, to do the tests, gather that data, and then we'll expand it as to make sure that once we know it's reliable and what the range of capacities are, we'll expand that throughout our other uh, garages. First, we have, uh, as I said, Maplewood, the Hilton Garage, and then uh, we were very lucky uh, to get a grant from the FTA for a uh, bus garage in Union City. It's a 75-year-old bus maintenance facility that's in total disrepair. We're going to rebuild that in a way to transform that structure for uh, a state-of-the-art facility supporting battery electric buses. So, And then the big goal is the Northern Bus Garage that we talked about that would, from the ground up, be the first garage built, hold up the 500 buses that will be given the necessary infrastructure to uh, support 100% zero emission bus fleet. We all like sustainability, but reliability is very important. And I think that's why doing the, pop, the pilot type of program, collecting your data, I mean, there's no sense investing in something that's not going to function the way you need to function. Going back to what you said initially about you, you weren't the first, and that's really smart because as we know, in the wintertime, range does vary greatly. And so there is a decrease in range, and it's important for us to know exactly what kind of range these vehicles are going to be able to maintain and how that's going to affect transit routes. Yeah, particularly if you're coming in from Middlesex County and working in Manhattan, you're taking going to the Port Authority bus terminal. You're taking what we call our cruiser buses, which are more the long distance buses, not the ones with the seats that sit, you know, where you're across from each other on a, on a local uh, bus route. And uh, those, you know, in the winter, if it's an hour plus bus ride and get stuck you know, in some traffic or something, you, you don't want a bus, uh, you know, not being able to make the return trip because the batteries are run down. That makes a lot of sense. Now, the other thing you're also investing in is the, is the railroad station itself, the train stations. I know you have, you have like $814 million now to do some upgrades in our train stations. Uh, our office is in New Brunswick now. We, uh, we love the historic old train station, but it's basically a historic old train station. And uh, I think the, the upgrades there will be definitely welcomed by the commuters. Oh, yeah, it is. And that, that station's near and dear to my heart. When I started dating my uh, wife when she was doing her residency, that's, you know, I first started commuting down there to, to meet her before moving, uh, you know, full-time to Jersey. That's 30 plus years ago. So, uh, and that uh, station and the, the uh, you see New Brunswick, the way that uh, the whole area has changed, gosh, you know, from when it was the Middlesex Hospital, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, with what Devco, Chris Palladino and his group are doing. So we really want to, uh, you know, I must, I, I'm a transportation geek and I love transportation and transit. Reality is we're the underpinning for the economy, uh, for people, you know, work, play, getting a doctor's appointment, whatever. And, uh, you know, certainly that underpinning for the economic development and the economic vitality of New Jersey. And I think uh, New Brunswick, the work we're doing there, you know, that's uh, we're with the governor September uh, announced $49 million, which is part of the bigger package for the uh, Jack and Charles uh, Morris uh, Cancer Center there. Uh, and the other buildings in that complex, the Innovation Technology Hub. So this all ties into that. You know, uh, I think it's all overall is about a billion dollars investment. Where we want to make sure that uh, we provide uh, both a pleasant as well as reliable transit experience to make sure that 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 area thrives. That's where our offices are. So we're happy to see all that kind of action too. It's great to see that. Uh, and but the Dunkin' Donuts are still the same Dunkin' Donuts at the train station. And the, and the floral shop, absolutely. And the floral shop. Nothing's changed there. I was with you during the the. Uh, the, the kickoff of the transit-oriented development in Woodbridge at Metro Park there, Woodbridge Edison. That's a tremendous product. That's actually the future of so much of you're talking about with the transit-oriented developments, how much economic value it has. But it's also a lifestyle that's going to be really enhanced considerably 
in that region. I see that. And again, uh, you know, being, oh, I guess 30 years now up in uh, Morris County, where I live in Mendham and Morristown was a very different uh, community. And then we had Midtown Direct Service and all the transitory development you see along the Morris and Essex. And we see that now at the Raritan Valley Line. You see it all along from Trenton Ride on up, obviously, North Brunswick. Uh, you know, so uh, in Metro Park, you touched on it. People tend to underestimate New Jersey's population is growing. You know, people tend to think, oh, the Northeast United States, all the growth is down south. It's not. I mean, you, you know, New Jersey, I think our population is up 10, 11 percent. You saw a lot of people moving out of New York with the pandemic. So uh, and that transit oriented development is all along our right of ways. Uh, a few of the projects, we actually get some of the uh, financial uh Recovery on that, you know, some of the upside, although many of the projects, uh, since they're not our property, uh, the real estate value goes up, the towns get the benefits, but we don't get the value capture. So that's something we're looking at, but to try to get some of, some of the upside. But it's no doubt that uh, we really see the transitory development is, is booming and a lot of younger people and older people too, when they the kids move out, they want to move into, you know, get the amenity to being in town and being near transit. Right. Like I'm one of the geezers who wants to probably change my lifestyle in the next couple of years and uh, I can see where that type of development is going to fit a lifestyle for all ages, based old and young. Yeah, agreed. About our stage, station improvements, you know, when we came in, we did not have a five-year capital plan, and it's on our website. People uh, encourage people to go see it. One of the things, we are now doing more station work, renovating and building new stations than at any time since the railroad was uh, railroads were created, you know, back in the wow. late 1800s, early 1900s. The number of station projects we have underway now. Uh, cool. You know, you go down that's from Perth Amboy, we have Metuchen coming up in Brunswick, Metro Park, you know, up and down and you know, all our other services. While we are, it's, uh, you know, extremely exciting time for a lot of really uh, bright young uh, people to have their, you know, start their careers here or along their careers, even coming from the private sector, you know, as far as you get responsibilities, a project manager, an engineer on a project, a civil engineer uh, or a structural engineer, depending on the bridge projects. Very exciting time to be here. Uh, just today, we met with the FTA and uh they go over a review of all our projects. And they said, next to New York, we are the second largest transit agency in the country as far as FTA projects under construction. It uh, really wow. is remarkable what kind of work is being done. I mean, just in Middlesex County alone, um, the partnerships with Middlesex County government, we have Perth Amboy, Metuchen, North Brunswick, New Brunswick. And then on top of that, you briefly touched upon the $814 million capital improvement project. It's a lot. Metuchen is kind of the poster child for how a, a, a train station is economic development investment. I mean, it really, and that's where the other towns are following suit. I mean, Perth Amboy certainly is using the, uh, the enhanced train service and the enhanced station as part of their economic development strategy. Yeah. Right in. Oh, and it's, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. We have good partners like with the MCIA, obviously on the North Brunswick station. So, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get as much work out as quickly as we can and take advantage of this window opportunity while we have funding and uh, the market. We kept doing construction, unlike most state agencies around the country or transit agencies around the country. We saw that as an opportunity because prices were low. People were hungry. So we got a lot of uh, good projects out during the pandemic. The market has obviously gotten a lot with inflation has come up. So you know, we're juggling our budgets. But, you know, the federal funding has come through with that bipartisan infrastructure bill. So uh, we're being very competitive and going after grants. So uh I'm still, you know, we're, we're going to keep uh, keep going. Well, another investment, one final investment, is, of course, is your Delco lead property. The one that's going to really, I mean, it, it may not be for uh, something that the commuters can appreciate, but having a place like that in the middle of New Jersey is a great place to be able to do your repairs, to do a safe place to keep your trains while you're doing it, to work on the trains. 
it's a great project. It's uh, uh, oh, another good thing for New Brunswick. It is, and it's going to allow us there instead of having the trains right now. Even if they terminate, say uh, Jersey Avenue or, or New Brunswick, they have to go all the way down to Morrisville, right across the river, and you know, for be able to store store there. And uh, the next step after that is a midline loop, so we can you know turn trains around. As particularly Portal Bridge, as you mentioned, is you know our the largest project in New Jersey transit history. Uh, it's about a two billion dollar project. The actual construction contracts one point six billion. When we start, you know, once with the when we get the new tunnel, which Chris Flurry just got his board to pass the project development agreement. I saw that, yeah. So you tie that all into Midline Loop and uh, County uh, Yard, you know, Delco Lead. That all uh, ties into you know, in a matter of years, it won't all happen overnight, but over the next decade. But Portal Bridge will be finished in you know, uh, five, within five years. Tunnels going take longer, but you know when you get the loop, then you'll be able to really look at enhanced, increased service uh, along the uh, corridor. My father was a welder at Delco Battery. Oh wow! So as a child, I remember going there and getting balloons as a kid when they gave us tours of the factory. So I uh, remember it very well. So it's nice to see it's being used for something that's going to be improving the environment instead of destroying it, like Delco did with the lead. You know, as you move up the food chain of economic development, I'd say yeah, it's uh, both Delco and you know the J and J site uh, as well. You know, that Main Street site, those are, you know, to me, are certainly uh, more sustainable and provide, a, you know, a higher quality of life. Well, I really want to thank you for joining us again. You always have so much information. I feel like we're taking up a lot of your time trying to compress everything together. But once again, you've been great with us and supporting us. And KMM has always been happy to be a partner with New Jersey Transit. You've been such a, a great, great company to work with. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Do you have any final comments or anything crystal ball you want to tell us? I think right now is really uh, back to, I'd say, the heydays of New Jersey Transit. It's an exciting time to be here. We're a lot doing, uh, and hopefully our customers are seeing that a lot on the IT side, on our apps, our upgrades, our communication. You see it on our trains and buses, you know, contactless fare payments, all that. Uh, so uh, a lot of good things, but it, it needs money to keep going. And uh, if you're ahead of a transit agency, one of the fears is you get, you know, you get a good wave and you ride it, but all of a sudden, you know, a couple of years later, people start saying, oh, yeah, we took care of them. Check the box. They're, they're, they're doing fine. They don't need money anymore. You know, we need to focus on healthcare or education. And my my fear is that, you know, with this kind of business, it's a it's a multi-billion dollar uh, business. We're the largest uh, state transit agency in the country. We're smaller in overall size than MTA, but they don't cover the whole state. If we take our eye off the ball, we need to make sure that we really have people advocating and cognizant of the need to have uh, dependable, reliable funding, both for operating and for the capital, so we can provide that first-class service and keep raising the standard. And remember the people, if they invest in the and mass transit, they can be reducing healthcare. Okay, we all those work together. Uh, absolutely, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, thank you. Appreciate the time you took. Great. Okay. Thank you, Bill. I mean, look forward to seeing you next time uh, in person. Thank you. Bye-bye. Funded by New Jersey Transit and the Federal Highway Administration.